Welcome to Fleet Auto News Podcast. I'm Caroline Falls, and today I'm speaking with Bree Allen, Business Development Manager at Summit Fleet and Leasing. Bree gave the keynote presentation at the WIA Fleet Conference in Brisbane recently, and in my opinion, it was the best talk of the event. I covered her major themes for an article in Fleet Auto News, but today I want to dive a bit deeper into her comments on Australia's transition to more sustainable fleets. Sustainability is a key theme for this podcast in 2022. Welcome, Bree. I'm looking Uh, forward to this chat. Thanks, Caroline. It's awesome to be here. As I said, I loved your presentation at the ITWIA conference, talking about key themes for fleets in 2022. You talked about COVID-induced supply constraints, higher new and used vehicle prices, surging fuel prices, and the uptick in the take-up of electric vehicles. But let's focus today on Australia's transition to EVs. As you pointed out, transport is the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in this country. So it's crucial if you want to do something for the environment that we get to work on the transition. But before we get into it, I want you to tell us more about Summit Fleet and Leasing so we know where you're coming from. Tell us more about Summit. Uh, Thanks, Carolyn. Uh, Summit Fleet was actually established in Australia 25 years ago. Our majority shareholder is the Sumitomo Mitsui Auto Service Company in Japan. Uh, What I believe we've really gained a reputation as a business partner with a really strong focus on customer service, delivering customised mobility solutions through a committed team and some pretty cool and intelligent business systems. One of our key points of difference would be our commitment and understanding of our customers first, uh, and then designing purpose-built functionality, which would include high levels of technology and automation in order to deliver a truly unique uh, and tailored-made solution. I think when I look at it at the end of the day, fleets, the fleet industry is changing at uh, quite a rapid pace. In the next 10 years, our industry is going to be completely unrecognisable to anybody working in the industry right now. Uh, Summit Fleet and the wider Sumitomo Group are are well positioned um, and are leading technology advancements as well as sustainability within our own organisation, which in turn really does help us and puts us in a great position um, to guide uh, our customers through their changing landscapes as well. And what about yourself and Summit? Like, What's your role there involved and how long have you been with Summit? Uh, I've been with Summit for the last five years now, uh, working in a sales role. Um, I work with a range of different companies uh, in many different industries, and my role is really to help them uh, and enable them to achieve their fleet goals um, and helping them implement best practice solutions, um, which would look to drive down costs, minimise risks, improve efficiencies, uh, and just become more sustainable and safer fleets at the end of the day. Uh, I collaborate with customers uh, in order to understand their current situations, future plans, um, to help that tailor-made solution um, and put that in place within their organisation. I guess one of the most exciting and rewarding parts is what I find is once we start to receive customer data uh, and within our systems, they're used to really decipher data uh, in a really easy to understand and unique way, providing high levels of transparency to critical data points. Once we understand a baseline, uh, we then set some realistic goals to help the customer achieve their fleet objectives. 
So just turning back to the Ipwea Fleet Conference, uh, you asked the audience if they'd driven an EV and almost everyone raised their hands. I was surprised, were you? Uh, I was I was expecting a, a number. Uh, thinking of the delegates in the room, a lot of them were local in the local government space. Manufacturers and dealers um, and those particular uh, industries as well uh, are heavily engaged in that area. Um, they all have uh, emission targets which are high on their agenda. Um, so I didn't. It didn't really surprise me too much that a lot of people in the room had driven one. Um, Caroline, have you driven an EV before? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, been ah. in the Tesla. Ah, great fun to drive, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so fleets seem to be getting more enthusiastic about EVs. Is that what you're seeing? And what do you think is driving that? Yeah, I can definitely see more and more people being more enthusiastic about uh, electric vehicles. I think there's a few factors driving change. Um, climate change awareness has to be a major driver. People and companies are concerned about the environment. Uh, a lot of companies also nowadays have emission targets uh, built within their future business plans. The local government incentives uh, are also uh, assisting uh, to drive that change, plus technology advances, including uh, batteries, um, as well as the, the long-term plans from manufacturers. Uh, we're not really going to be able to purchase ICE vehicles in decades to come, uh, so I'm finding more and more companies are dipping their toes into what the future of fleet will look like. Yeah, that seems to be uh, yeah what we're seeing. Um, now, you had a good handle on the EV models that are available in Australia. Can you rattle them off for us? Yeah, uh, we've got about, I think we've got 30 fully electric models available here in Australia at present. Um, there's also about 65 variants that consist of plug-in hybrid vehicles or battery electric vehicles. Um, some of the fully electric vehicle models include your Hyundai Kona, uh, the Ionic, which is actually soon to become discontinued. It'll be the Ionic 5 that remains in that lineup. You've also got the Kia Nero, uh, the EV6, um, now also Nissan Leaf, MG ZS, um, and of course the Tesla lineup. Um, but there's also a number of luxury brands such as BMW, Mercedes, Lexus, Audi, and, and Porsche, just to name a few, um, all getting involved in electric vehicles. As you said, um, there's maybe about 30 different um, models available in Australia, which I think is only about one-tenth of the EV models available around the world. Do, is, is that true? And what do you think about that? And why have we got such a, a small range available? And will it get better anytime soon? I'd believe those numbers, Caroline. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're just we're really just a drop in the ocean here compared to the rest of the world. Electric vehicles sell really well in Europe, um, as well as the rest of uh, the UK, the US and China even. Um, also our friends across the Tasman in, in New Zealand, they've got um, a market share of around about 9% of EVs compared to us here in Australia, which represents a market share of just 1.95%. And whilst that has in, improved uh, year on year, um, what we're really finding is I think that these countries have uh, that are really uh, are seeing the more and more range of electric vehicle models. Um, they're the ones that have set emission standards um, for new models entering the country, uh, which manufacturers need to meet to be able to enable their models to be sold. Their governments also have 
um, put in incent uh, incentives to help incentivise buyers to purchase electric vehicles, uh, which can range through a number of different schemes just to make electric vehicles more affordable. This certainly helps an increase in the types of models entering um, those marketplace and simply due to the high demand in these countries as well. Manufacturers are going to be sending them their way um, rather than shooting them to our shores. In Australia, the incentives are offered by state governments do differ. Um, however, it's around about $3,000, $4,000 and New Zealand's about three times more than that. Um, it'll certainly get better. Um, even by the end of this year, we'll start to have more options such as the Ford e-Transit and the Hyundai Onix 6, just to name a couple. Um, but again, most car manufacturers around the world have made firm public commitments to electrification, um, pledging billions of dollars in investment towards EVs in the next few years alone. So I do think we'll start to see a lot more models in the future uh, and as our marketplace uh, and demand increases uh, in the country. We'll be back after a short break for a word from our sponsor, Sofico Services. Sofico is a world-leading provider of enterprise software for the automotive leasing, finance, and mobility industry. For more than 30 years, international leasing companies and OEMs count on Sofico's expertise and technology to help them transform innovative product concepts into streamlined business processes and engaging customer experiences. With more than 370 experts, eight offices on four continents, and an annual growth averaging 15%, Sofico is perfectly positioned to help its customers succeed in a rapidly changing market where electrification, shared fleets, and multimodal mobility challenge us and our customers to play a pioneering role. Continuous investment in people, innovation, and leading-edge technology is the basis for continued growth and success. Yeah, I'm... Um was going to say uh, when I interrupted you before, I'm glad that you're bringing up uh, the more favourable policies uh, around the world. And I want to talk to you a bit more about that. But first, I just wanted to ask you if you have any reading on what type of uh, EV models are most in demand by fleets in Australia? Uh, sure. So fleets, what we're finding, <clears throat> excuse me, typically opt for a more compact and more cost-effective model, such as the Nissan Leaf, the Ionic, the Kona, uh, and a few Teslas um, from what I'm seeing in the marketplace at the moment. Um, any model um, can be subject to FBT also. So the more cost-effective the purchase price, this can help in lowering tax obligations as well. I do think it's also pretty important uh, for companies to be real, realistic with the EV battery options that are available as well. Um, and analyze and understand your daily kilometers uh, that the vehicle would be doing, uh, and then look for your relevant charging options available that makes the most sense for your business. So uh, with this uh, federal election in Australia just around the corner, are you disappointed in how little either of the major parties have talked about policies to encourage EV uptake and what would you like to see and do you think we'll see it anytime soon? 
Good question. Um, I'm probably more disappointed that we're falling behind the rest of the world. Um, to be honest, I haven't been expecting either major party to really address a lot of policies to encourage electric vehicle take up in this particular coming election. It opens up a debate around taxes, uh, which really didn't go down so well. Uh, I think it was last year with Bill Shorten. I would, however, love to see the government take a more active part in the transition. Um, greater incentives in line with other developed nations, uh, emission standards to be introduced, um, and look to, at also reducing or removing electric uh, FBT on electric vehicles as well. We're actually the only developed nation that the federal government hasn't put any emission standards whatsoever in place. I think we just kind of need to get with the times a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, but now, of course, no matter what policies are in place, these supply constraints which evolved from COVID are going to continue to be a problem. What sort of lead time do fleets need to be building into their planning to uh, into their planning these days when they're uh, procuring new vehicles. Yeah, that's very true. Gone, gone are the days that we can just head into a dealership and purchase a new vehicle, see it in the showroom and just drive out in the new wheels. Um, the key really is to forward plan um, and your relationships with your dealers, manufacturers have never been more important than they are today is what we're finding. Uh, ensure that you're working with your partners and relationships to manage those new vehicle deliveries. At the moment, uh, I'm actually working, trying to get my customers into a 12 month uh, order bank wherever possible to help combat any delays uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, 12 months, it's a long time, isn't it? It is, um, it is. Let's finish up with something on total cost of ownership and uh, maybe you can tell us when you calculate that will match that of say an equivalent traditional ICE engine vehicle. Uh, I think you can make the analysis and make the case to purchase an electric vehicle now. Uh, whether that's full EV or the BVE, PHEVs, um, they essentially have lower running costs uh, when driven for a longer period of time um, and have a few more kilometres clocked on that particular vehicle. Uh, this is due to the lower running costs, less moving parts um, in your EV range. So the gap really does open up um, for electric vehicles becoming uh, more cost efficient if they're driven further and longer than your ICE vehicles. Uh, when we take into consideration like-for-like uh, -like comparisons with your ICE and your electric vehicles of say a fully maintained operating lease, which includes your funding and your in-life management such as repairs, maintenance, tyres, insurance, Extending the term of your electric vehicles and obviously kilometre dependent as well. Um, you could easily push these out to six years, which does help close the gap, um, the TCO gap of electric vehicles to become more affordable um, than your ICE equivalents uh, and utilise the incentive, the state-based incentives that are in place at the moment. Um, but I think you can definitely make a case now for specific vehicles um, moving into your fleets um, that are more sustainable at the end of the day. Wow, there you have it. Um, so the business case, we've reached the tipping point, et cetera. Absolutely. Bree, thanks so much for coming on to our podcast. I'm thrilled to share you with our audience, your voice and all which carries your passion and enthusiasm for all things fleet and all things EV. Thanks, Carolyn, for uh, having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to the audience. Thank you.
listening to Fleet Auto News Podcast. It was edited and produced by Isabella Fiorentino. Thank you again to our new sponsor, Sofico Services. It's great to have you on board. The original theme music for this podcast was created by Isabella Fiorentino. You can follow us on Spotify. Just search for Fleet Auto News. We're also on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Our website is fleetautonews.com where you can get all our stories, videos and podcasts. Until next time, drive safely and take care. Thank you.